Hey, it's Marilyn. If you've not listened to this podcast before, it's called Lead Your Day, which you probably read before you click play on this particular episode. Now, leadership is my thing. And never before have we needed as a planet a leadership to step up. <laughs> now, before this uh, this time, I am very much focused on getting especially women to not just run businesses, but really be leaders. Because men don't seem to have as much problem as leading as women. And so I want to help be part of that conversation and reshape our thinking about leadership, free us from that patriarchal model and increase our confidence and just, hey, it's not a, a, an us and them thing about men and women. It's, a, it's just championing leadership and encouraging people to, come on, let's just step up and lead. Saying all of that, I'm doing a little mini series at the moment to embrace and address this whole coronavirus and the recession that's landed on our doorstep way quicker than anyone really was ready for. So I'm devoting the next few weeks to all sorts of subjects and free content on how to recession-proof your business, how to navigate this season, how to handle fear. Uh, we'll be interviewing people who've, who've gone through growth and uh, recovery and recessions and uh, a lot of mindset, a lot of practical advice, productivity, that kind of thing. I've got coming up to a another free open workshop called uh, The Productivity Cure. And it's The Productivity Cure 2.0. It's new. It's going to be very much related to personality. So how do you get things done with your personality? And it, what greater timing? We're all sitting at home, forced to work out of home offices. So what better time to get down and focus on our productivity and really zero in and what we need to grow our lives and grow our businesses. How many of us have kids at home because the schools are closed? And so this uh, this episode is about well some ideas and also some mindsets and thinking around how we cope with that unexpected, uh, we could say, um, obstacle. Uh, but we feel guilty about saying that, don't we? Don't we women? Don't we mums? Because it, uh, we're not meant to feel guilty about that. Uh, but I know what it's like when you have all these plans laid and then the kids uh, are either sick or they're home from school or it's just unexpected. So these tips, these tips are eternal because we always have school holidays and I know juggling a business and kids is uh, a lot of fun. In other words, really challenging sometimes. So I have been basically working from home since my son was, uh, well, in the tummy. I can remember setting up my office in London, my home office at London. I was working at the time as a change management consultant uh, for a gorgeous little boutique uh, consultancy that was a Scottish uh, consultancy. And so I was I was lucky enough to work in those days when it was it was new to do remote working. Uh, so there were challenges because it was new and the tech really wasn't there. But uh, I did it and it was great fun. 
and I was pregnant at the time and I can remember setting up a home office and uh, you know, it worked well. It worked well until Bubba <laughs> was born. And I can remember sneaking in. My office was also the nursery and I can remember sneaking in and, and working on the computer while he was asleep. Now, as you know, babies and children don't always do what we want on schedule. So sometimes it can be really frustrating if you've got entrepreneur blood pumping through your bra your veins and uh, your brain as well and uh, you have got all these things to do you've got your big list to do and your day changes it can be a real uh, well it can, it can be a real challenge personally not to resent that and then not feel guilty about it and yet still get things done uh, as your kids get older it obviously gets easier as they as they need a less of your hands-on attention all the time. And even, uh, I remember my, my son was very, very active. And so it was very hard to sit at a computer when he was awake. And we used to use those little gated, uh, you know, little wooden gated play pens uh, and we'd throw toys in but he really wanted to be where the action was and it was he was very active so it was very hard to to do that uh, and I used to look longingly, longingly sometimes at my friends who had babies who would just sleep or just sit there when they were meant to sit there and it depends on the personality of the child but also where they're at and also multiple children. If you've got multiple children, they start fighting and, and even older children who are dropping in and using the internet and using your computer when you want to use it. There's always, always distractions you're going to have from working from home because honestly, you know, that freedom and that excitement, you don't have that, the restrictions or the containment that you have working in an office. It, there are different challenges at working at home. It, it's not all smooth sailing, as you know. So what can you do? Well, it does take some planning. So I would suggest uh, you jot down some ideas, but you also perhaps get within your community, uh, a mums of other working mums of other groups that you're in, even getting some out of the box ideas, posting something, say on a Facebook group about what are some ideas that people have got. So I'm going to share a few things that I've done, now, only a few things, but enough to for you to, to get the creative juices going. They're all activities that I've used as my son was at various stages of his life. Yeah, you might think, well, you only had one child, Marilyn. Yeah, I did, but I've always worked full-time or had a business uh, or juggling multiple businesses, consultancies, whilst uh, since he was born. But he also has a, a has diabetes type 1. We got that at 2. So that's a little bit of, uh, I, it's always been like another child to manage as well. So it's been quite hands-on all the time. And I've worked from home for the last uh, probably about 20 years I've, I've done that. So through every phase, through toddler, through uh, primary school, through high school, and now is another phase altogether. So here's some, here's some tips. Here's some things that I've used. First tip I've got is I remember a particular holidays where I was home and my son was home and I was also looking after some neighbours kids as well. And I can remember turning turning into an adventure with the kids and uh, you could start a project together. I remember one particular holidays, we got some scrapbooks and I think it was sort of like a, a one of those clip folders where we put in plastic sleeves 
and every day uh, we decorated one page. It was just, it was cheap. We didn't go out and buy anything for this. It was things we had in the cupboard. I think we used printer paper and if we'd gone out to the park or we'd bought a ticket to the movies or whatever, uh, you you stick it down like a, like a scrapbook. And I would get, uh, get my son and if there were other kids here as well, I'd get them to, to draw a picture of what we did today or uh, write a, a little mini, uh, I wouldn't call it an essay to the, for the younger kids, but write a story about what they saw today and stick things down. Uh, you could collect stickers. You could uh, quickly print out photos from your phone so they could put those in. Uh, and uh, also when we went to, we would go on outings and you could still do that. You could still go outside. You could still go to places as long as you keep that social distance. Uh, there's still things that you can do together that you could make a project. So you could make it your sort of coronavirus um, project. And even even certain kids would love to research on online and, and do that. My son wouldn't want to do that. But uh, you know, some kids love to research all of that and do activities about that. So you can start a project together and make it something that you build on every single day during this period. Uh, and I know somewhere in uh, in the shelves or in the boxes in the garage, there is a scrapbook, uh, that we, uh, one of the scraps I kept for that. And sometimes we'll bring it out and, and, and it's just a fond memory of that particular holiday. And the next thing you could do is, oh, this is a really good thing to do, is draw up a very colourful timetable that you can put on the fridge or your whiteboard or your, your pin board, wherever everyone can see it. And it's a timetable of activities. Now, the kids could help make it happen uh, if you can facilitate that. But there are different zones during the day or different buckets of time or different blocks of the time. You could have free play time. Uh, you could have TV time. You could have solo playtime, which works when you've got uh, well, when you've got one kid or whether you've got ten kids, they all play by themselves. You could have group playtime. You could have reading time. You could have tech or screen time, uh, board game time, craft time, uh, mummy working time, uh, daddy working time. You could have uh, rumble daddy time, wrestle daddy time. You could have mummy spa time, where she has all shh time, where she has time out. Uh, but make it fun, and I'd. Make Make the blocks of time, say, between one and three hours, not more than three hours because it is just a little bit long, unless that's an outing time. You could have an outing to the park for three hours or something like that. But um, I would make them sort of short between th even 30 minutes and three hours long. They could be equal blocks or they could be different blocks. And have some sort of fun calendar that you draw up with pictures on it. Um, and you could even have some sort of checklist that they could tick off, tick off which times they've had and you could plan it out. And so when the kids come to you and say, oh, mum, can't we turn the iPads on now? You go, well, when is the next tech time? And they can look that up and look at the calendar and look at the time. And it teaches them how to use a calendar, use a clock, um, how to schedule. And it's it, it makes it a lot more fun. And you know that when you've got your two-hour block to go and get your emails done or write that uh, proposal or update your website, uh, you have – or make that call you, – you know when that's your time. And on that same boat too – and this and this works 50% of the time, but keep on pursuing it. It works really now – works really well now in our family – in that have a little conversation so that with your kids so and, and, and include both parents and anyone else who's 
an adult in the family uh, about interruptions and what it means. Because what can happen is you react in a reactive way when they come up and pull at your sleeves or want time and you might be on a call or you might be doing something or might be focused. Often uh, I, I train my son to do this and I said, and it didn't always work seriously because sometimes kids just are kids. But understand, look, hey, if you come to my door, it's best to just stand and wait because mummy's got something in her brain she needs to get out first. And if you inter- interrupt her, she'll lose that. So it's better to just stand and wait and then get my attention and say, mummy, I want to talk to you. Uh, I know other families have things like, you know, little passes that they put under the door or something like that. Um, but and you might want to have closed door time when they can put uh, messages under the door and leave a leave a pen and some blank paper on the door in a little container or by the door. Uh, have some sort of discussion about what it means when you're interrupted. That that's not personal, but it's just that you know, mummy can forget what she's got or it might be on an important meeting, and that the the kids need to know that it they're not an interruption, and it, it's. But there's a time, mummy will get to you or daddy will get to you, but sometimes it might be in a minute or it might be in 10 minutes. And then make sure that you do it. I know I am guilty of saying I'll be there in a minute and then an hour later, you're still not there. All right. So honor your word in this time, because then when you live according to those rules you set in the family, the kids will understand it as well. And they feel so much more safer and secure when those boundaries and that honor system is there and that respect system. Uh, the other thing is to take any turns with parents who also have to work in time, uh, work from home. Uh, again, there's a social distancing things, but if you don't have the coronavirus and no one's been affected, then it's okay. But take any turns. So have the kids over one day, and then have, and then you mind the kids the next day, and it gives the kids something to look forward to, and it gives uh, it shares around that workload. Uh, on that note too, and I kind of alluded to it, but have a family meeting once a week. Uh, we used to have uh, a family goals meetings and then we'd sit down and we're all right, what do we both want to achieve this week? We'd write it out, we'd put it on the calendar and then you, know, you can split your childcare and your other home duties equ- equitably and uh, you know, have it, have a, we have a calendar on the fridge and we put what's coming up, what meals are coming up and everyone, everyone feels like they're contributing to that family meeting and what you decide together. And make dealing with stress a fun thing, a learning thing, a discovery thing. At this time, there will be stress, there will be emotions, people are getting annoyed with each other, people get tired, people get bored, people get cranky, deadlines aren't met because you know, someone spilt the milk or dropped the cat or whatever. How, this might be a really good time to teach yourself and teach the kids how to deal with emotions and deal with stress. Uh, I had a friend whose son went through a phase of dealing with anger and she taught him, they had a special anger, you know, a frustration pillow that they were all, I think it was like a bean bag, so they could go and jump on it and punch it and, and everyone usually ended up laughing and when it, when he started doing it, everyone would run over and start punching this, um, this bean bag and it, it makes it fun, it makes emotions allowed and I think that's half of the trauma the trauma that kids have is that we're taught subconsciously when no, no one means this. Uh, we we teach our kids that some emotions aren't allowed. So if we can help them to 
to process those emotions and let them flow in and flow out, then we're going to have a lot healthier kids who turn into very healthy, stable adults. And as you know, it wouldn't be one of my podcasts unless I dealt with you. Remember to allow this internally. If you resist the kids being home, if you resist the interruptions, the more painful it will be. And look, they could get sick. You could have kids and the household full of the virus or any other flu or any other anything going on. The more you resist it, the more painful it will be. And that sounds odd. It feels like, no, I'm going to be tough. I'm going to be strong. I don't resist it. No. Sit back, give it space, allow it to be there. Allow the frustration to be there. Allow the anxiety to be there. Allow the pain to be there. I find that when you give it space and you allow it to there and go, okay, hello. And then sometimes I say, you can go now. (laughs) It does go. But give it space. It will reduce the pain rather than increase it. And check in regularly during the day. If you have to set an alarm, do it. I have, and I use it sometimes, I don't use it all the time. I have a howler. It's called a howler alarm. It's some free app I download. And it literally howls like a wolf. And I find if I'm needing to increase my self-awareness or perhaps I need to do extra stretches for a sore back or I need to drink more water, even something like that, I could put the howler alarm on. It can remind me to check in during the day. Okay? So, um check in, give any resistance or fear the space it needs to process. And it's just energy, you know, uh, emotion is just energy in motion. And uh, it it only gets dangerous when we don't allow it to process and travel through and, and, and do its thing. Okay. And lastly, look, remember how the kid, the kids are watching you how you respond during this time. They will remember, they will tell stories to their kids of how much fun they had during the coronavirus days when they were home and they couldn't go to school. Will it be a fun time or will it be a stress time? And don't take it as, you know, I need to be perfect. I can't let my kids see me, you know, be afraid or do No, you've got to be real. You, You know, if you lose it, it's okay. Give it space, go apologize and help the kids understand why you reacted that way. They may not have the cognitive uh, reasoning to be able to understand it, but they get you apologizing. They get that heart heart reaction. And, uh, you know, it's saying sorry really does go a long way. I'm talking to myself here. Uh, don't shield them uh, as they will make up their own mind about it and be afraid otherwise, or they'll hold in their fear. Uh, help them process their fear when they come up. And really do use this time to teach them and help them discover how to lead their emotions. Remember the energy and emotion and their feelings. And there are great kids books out there. So maybe it's time to invest in some from Amazon. Uh, There's some great books out there on helping kids deal with all sorts of emotions and sicknesses and tragedies and and, um, and those things that that happen. It's a good chance for you to do that. So... uh, Enjoy this time. Remember, you'll be talking about this for decades afterwards. The kids will be cheering to their kids about what you did during the coronavirus when everyone was home. So, and give yourself a break. Give yourself a little bit of grace. So what if you don't get everything finished? It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, your kids are a legacy and uh, enjoy this time. They won't be this age forever. I'll see you tomorrow.
hey, can you do me a favor? I've got three things I'd love you to do. Number one, pause and hit subscribe right now. Then number two, share it with someone you know that needs to hear this. And number three, go and write me a review. Yeah, it's a bit of a hassle to go find what to do, but it's really worth it to get the message out. And then finally, set a goal to go for a daily walk and listen to this podcast. Because the faster we can share this message, the greater the benefits. Thanks for listening and I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.